0: He did. Yo, a guy can dream, can he? I mean, I've got large aspirations. I got big dreams.
1: Okay. They say okay, they say do.
0: reach for the stars.
1: Yeah, you do realize that um nightmares are dreams too, right?
0: <laughs> I got those too. Okay. Man, this is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Plenty to get to on this show. Uh, George Kittle uh, made some comments recently. Uh, he's he's very uh, very optimistic about this 2021 season that's on the horizon. Uh, we're going to be joined by Angelo Jackson, uh, high school coach of Diameter Lador, who the Niners selected in the uh, fifth round of the most recent draft. Uh, also, uh, Kyle Shanahan said, you know, he gave the, the the guys, you know, some days off. He wanted to have that full 40-day window, you know, for them to really rest and, and recover and get back at it. Um, but what had happened was. But what, yeah, that might not actually be. All the way through, so we're going to get into that a little bit as well. Uh, of course, uh, we want to remind you: you can always get involved in the show. Hit us up on social media. I'm at our Haylock on Twitter. He's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on Instagram, I'm at Watch Ray Ray. He is at underscore Bump and Run. Uh, uh, also, we want to remind you: continue to download, subscribe, rate, and review, relocate wherever you find your podcast. If there's a like button on that particular. Uh, podcast subscription service. Go ahead and hit that like button. And as always, we are presented by Bet Online. Of course, we are in the month of June, and it is heating up, Ed. I mean, I don't know about the rest of the country, but we're getting some heat down here. Yeah, yes, sir, uh, in, in the Southland. And and not only is it heating up, but also all the sports action is as well. And Bet Online is where you can find it from basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures. Bet Online has all the la- the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sporting betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts uh by the way I, that was supposed to be bet online has all the latest odds news and information i don't really know what i said or how that came out but you get the it was, right. it, was it was close enough yeah we, understand. we uh, understand yeah i mean it's just like we're playing horseshoes here right okay well i mean you know
1: yeah i'm saying well bet online i mean that's the thing right now yeah. everyone knows about Bet online right now because you deliver with such a grace
0: week after week oh you're far too kind you're far too kind um so uh there <laughs> it's interesting that we're gonna be talking about Diamandor Diamondor Lenore today because um there's a, there's a <laughs> video <laughs> there's a video that surfaced um that 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 deon sanders actually retweeted uh a, a little while ago and all the faithful got excited about including yours truly um i got a little skin in the game you know i i've obviously having uh i, I covered deon Amador a little bit while he was in high school so um obviously a guy that 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 i root for um and i'll be honest about that right so you know seeing him have some success early on in camp i'm like whoa and then obviously him getting the uh the uh the the vote of confidence, I guess, if you will, by by from Dion Sanders. I'm like, okay, all right, he's doing some things, right? Obviously I know uh-huh. it's early, but it's it it feels good to see that, right? Hey, that was that was a hell of a play. Yeah. That's, that's
1: what I said. I, that was a hell of a play and at the time. I said, I didn't want to see the next one.
0: But for, that was one good one. And I forget what exactly Dion said, but it was something along the lines of like uh he assaulted the guy or something, whatever yeah. it was, but it was a huge compliment mm-hmm. for Dionador. Anyways, um the he,
1: NFL agreed it was assault. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he He may have been a little bit too physical, especially for uh, whatever the the, the the CBA is and what the rules entail. Um, you can speak to this, obviously, a whole lot better than I can, Ed. But whatever we saw on film, that really wasn't supposed to happen like that.
1: that right? That's a no-no. And Kyle said, I'm going to give these guys off. No, the NFL, Roger told him, I'm shutting it down because of that contact. I'm. Um, We were speaking on injuries that the 49 ers sustained last week. And I said part of it is that you play football and guys are going to get hurt playing football, that that's just a part of the game and injuries can happen. But then I also said there's a time of the year where you need to be getting your body primed for the contact. You need to be getting yourself physically conditioned. You need to be getting your strength up as high as you can because no one gets stronger during the season. No one. No matter how much weight maintenance you do, you're going to get weaker and weaker and weaker. You're going to put more and more stress on your muscles. They're going to get more and more fatigued. So you try to build your base as high as you possibly can. You shouldn't have this contact. You know I've said that. I think you need to avoid as much contact. You can train and do everything you can without physically contacting another player until your body and your base is as high as you possibly get. That's what the rules in the offseason are for. So everyone's like, well, he just jammed him up. He just did You're not supposed to be jamming anybody up. And that's what the players actually bargained for. The, the players in the NFL, in the last collective bargaining agreement, actually asked to not have to touch anybody. because The league used to make them do it this time of year. So you can't get upset and start trying to cheat the system when um, you ask to not touch one another and you don't need it right now. And I told you you don't need it.
0: Oh, man, that is hilarious. Uh Yeah. Well, uh, the funny thing about that is um I believe that was rookie camp. Right. So those guys just don't know no better. Right. Like they don't know anything about the CBA. They don't, they don't know anything. Right. And so. Like coming from this this world we live and in hold, now. Hold on like, one
1: second. Hold up. Hold up one second. I'm outside. Is it raining where you are? Because I'm out riding my bike. I'm You <laughs> can tell. I'm on my bike again. While we're doing this, so these my, are the largest raindrops. I think I've seen seen since I left the south. It's
0: it's wow. not it's not raining here. I just looked out the window, but I'm I thought my computer was broke because it 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 said it's giving me like I got this new update or whatever, and it's telling uh-huh. me that. Uh, you know the rain is 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 about to stop, but earlier it said that it was raining, and and so I'm like something's some something, something went wrong with this update. But
1: no, bro, it, it's literally raining on me right now <laughs> as I ride the bike out here, <laughs> and, but the sun is trying to pop out again right now. Yeah, I, at I, the I sun. Mean,
0: I see the sun pop. The sun just shined as you said that. You talk about your June yeah. boom, right? Wow. Yeah.
1: So, but but anyway, back to back to the collective bargaining agreement and not not practicing and kyle kyle um well this is this is how, how do i put this i get what kyle is doing because in the nfl it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission yeah okay that's you know that, that we used to always say if you ain't cheating you ain't trying
0: hard yeah, enough. that's right
1: that's how it works in the nfl so kyle Kyle is not at practice telling these guys to stay off of one another because he wants to see what they can do. He wants to work. And as a coach, you know, his, he's like, you know, you got practice on this day. I expect you to be healthy and ready for it. It yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that you should be doing it that way, but that's how coaches feel. When you show up, show up ready to work. Um, the league said you can do this work. So if the kid breaks the rule, Kyle did the right thing. Kyle came out and told all of us. He decided full 40 days rest and all of this stuff and blah, blah, blah. As opposed to saying, yeah, we kind of broke the rules <laughs> and they shut us down because that would be admitting that he didn't ask for permission. Shut
0: down. Yeah. and so it, it, It's it's interesting because coming from this like seven on seven environment or society that that we live in now. Right. Like. That's what's happening across fields all across America, right? And you go to some uh-huh. of these college campuses, I, like, I can't tell you how many, like, college practices I've been to where guys were just in, in shorts, in, in jerseys, maybe helmets, but, like, just the physicality of it, right? I'm like, these guys aren't even wearing pads. Like, this might as well be rugby out here. Like, Well, and- you know what?
1: You can, you can do all of that. Because that look, that's the way I practice as a 49er. That's how we practice all the time. We wore helmets. We didn't wear we didn't wear pads. The only time we ever wore pads was on Thursdays for like the first ten minutes of practice um, for for the nine on seven drill, so they could work on the run fits and things like that. And then as soon as that was over, we'd take them off. Yeah. Because when you got pads on, you can't tell a football player to not hit somebody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's that's what I do. So don't get mad at me if I knock one of your offensive guys over. That's just, that's taking me out of these pads. Now, with that being said, when you don't have pads on, this is what scares me. You, you, you mentioned those um 707 camps. Mm-hmm. It scares me every time I see a video. I t- you know, I go over and, and work with kids here in the city, here in, in the inner city, work with kids. And I'm constantly telling them, stay off the ground. Because these guys fall and you can get injured big time. When you don't have any of that padding on and some of the plays these guys try to make, you don't need to do that.
0: Yeah. They, it's don't, actually they, don't, they don't understand. Yeah. They don't understand. No.
1: So you have to learn how to practice. I had to learn how to practice. Yeah. I, I told you my story about knocking Jerry Rice over and, and George Seifert saying he was going to put me on a bus yeah. back in <laughs> Jack state. You have to learn how to, pr- but I came through college where it was bang. Everybody we we're in pads all the time and you knock guys over. So, Hey, I ran through Jerry a couple of times. And they were like,
0: no, no. Yeah, and, and I, I think <laughs> no. that's more of like an NFL thing too, in a sense. I mean, you see it a little bit in college. Um, not too much at the high school level, just from my observations. I, I I, do think it's actually more of a pro thing just in terms of like staying up and learning how to practice and things like that. Like we, we hear that on Hard Knocks during training camp and stuff all the time. And I think part of it is because guys at those lower levels – You know, for the most part, like they're just so hungry trying to get to the next level, right? And so.
1: No, 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 no. Can I say this? No, no, that's not it. It's not even a question of the hunger because those guys are no hungrier than the guys that are in the the NFL. You don't make it to the NFL without that hunger. It's it's, um, athletic ability, it's body control. Remember, you got some of the best athletes on planet Earth playing this game. There is no way you shouldn't be able to control what it is you do. So if you can't control, um your ability to stop running into a guy to avoid a guy um to put your hands in a place to where they don't do certain things to another individual how can i expect you to understand the scheme and have your feet where they're supposed to be fit where you're supposed to be placement of your hands where they're supposed to be eyes where they're supposed to be you see you see my point I if you, you can't if you can't control your body you can't fully execute the, um, the the game plan. You can't fully execute the technique that I want you to do. If you have no body control, it can't be a, a a wishy-washy, maybe I can get it done. So that's the thing. You know how to approach a guy to tackle him. I can do everything to get my body as far as speed, body angle, um, leverage. I can do everything necessary to get myself in position to make a tackle even lunge excuse me even lunge and shoot my arms towards the guy yeah and then avoid him <laughs> I can do that because you should be able to control your body so that's so that's the thing about it so at the lower levels it's not hunger it's lack of body control because more guys than not on a high school football field Aren't good enough they to don't, play in the NFL. Yeah, they don't.
0: Yeah, they don't. They don't have that. I, they, yeah, that's that's yeah. That, that's obviously a, a fair point. Um, just wanted to let you know it's seventy-eight and sunny right now, according to my computer. Getting real live no, not weather no, updates it's not. here. No, it's not. Okay, so my updates are wrong. It, okay,
1: yeah, uh, I'm <laughs> in, in my in my in my neck of the woods. I'm looking at. Big, big,
0: heavy clouds. Yes. Yeah. It it looks a little gray. It's kind of dark where I, where I'm sitting right now. So i I'm, I I tend to agree uh, with you. Um, there, there's your weather update for the last uh you know 15 <laughs> minutes. We'll give you another one coming up here shortly. Uh, as far as the the Niners go, um, George Kittle made an appearance on Good Morning Football, uh, and he's highly optimistic about uh the the 49ers and their chances. Um coming up this season.
1: As am I.
0: He he talks about how scary the defense is. And then here's another quote uh that he, he he's he had it was shown in the Super Bowl, if you can't move the ball against the defense, you can't put up points and defense wins championships. At the end of the day, like I said, we signed Trent Williams back We've got Raheem Mostert, the surfer, back in the backfield. And we've got some decent wide receivers. And I think we have an okay tight end. So I think we're just going to roll with it. And we're just going to have some fun with it. I think Shanahan's just going to enjoy playing with all the toys that he's got. Um, Obviously, a nod there to Trent Williams, Raheem Mostert. He also mentioned uh-huh. D. Ford as well. Maybe Kittle knows something about D. Ford that we don't know. Everything that... I've heard is that he he may not be available this season, and so uh-huh. um, it will be. But but according to Kyle, he's been in the facility pretty much the whole time, except for camp. He left camp just because he needed a mental break. Um, so he was like the only he was the only non-shower or non-participant of of uh, of mini camp, um, or OTAs, uh, if you will. Um, because obviously, as we just talked about, there was no mini camp because of uh, yeah, you know, uh huh. Um, because
1: of um, the Amador Yeah. Well. Uh
0: huh. The the look. I, I think. I think what Kittle says is true. Right. Like I like I, I agree with him. Um. You you agree with him as well. Um. The 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 interesting thing is you know Raheem Moster right. Obviously you talk about him. You talk about just his injury status this that or the other. Um. And and ability to be able to stay healthy and be on the field. That was not the case last year, and it wasn't just him. Uh-huh. He wasn't alone. There, there was a lot of people. Um, Raheem Moster thinks very highly of Raheem Moster, and I think we all know this, uh, right? And, and this, this goes this back is, this to a, yeah to him to the contract demands. I want to say from from last season or last off season. Uh, he, he he had well. First, all right, let's get into Kittle. I mean, let, let's just put a button on Kittle, right? Okay. What, what, what he said, right? Just in terms of um people who may or may not be sleeping on this team entering the season, right? Like, there's a lot to be Uh excited about as it relates to this 49er squad. Uh,
1: Yes, there's a lot to be excited about because what he's talking about is not um, wishful thinking. It's uh, expectation of performance based on what I know these guys can do. Not what I think, not what I hope. What I've literally seen these guys do. Uh, If they play at the level that I have seen them play at, we're going to be okay. That's how I feel about it. The 49ers are not in a rebuild. They're not in the rebuild, which is why I continue to harp on the quarterback situation. You don't need to, you're not at that point of reset. There's no reason to reset yet. Um, You got all your pieces, see what you can do. I think with the pieces, just like Kittle, with the pieces that you have, You have arguably some of the best at their position. You look at it across the board on different levels. You have um, a defensive pass rusher in Bosa who is in the argument for the best in the league. You'll say, win healthy. Well, he's healthy. He's going to be healthy, okay? Best in the league. you got a linebacker at the next level who is in the argument or the best in the league. You have a corner in Barrett, who I is already he, he's already played at a top ten level. I think he can play at a top five level. Mm. I, I think he's gonna be that much stronger this year. Um that's on the defense side of the ball. You got Trent Williams, you got Kittle, um, that are arguably the best at their positions on offense. Okay, you you did things to shore up your offensive line. You have a quarterback that has taken you to the Super Bowl. You have a quarterback, more importantly, that wins. Even the rookie number one future guy that you drafted, his college coach says the most important thing is winning. And you got a quarterback who wins. This team will be. There, they will make a deep run for a championship. And if everything from a health standpoint and a mindset standpoint is where it should be, if you can void out last year and not think about those injuries and just go out and do what you're going to do, this team will be competing for a championship. I'm with Kittle, I've seen it.
0: Uh, as far as Raheem Moster goes. Um, and I agree with you. A uh, Moster got some attention with a tweet he put out uh, recently. Only thing on my mind is the Hall of Fame. How can I get there? And they have tours. They have tours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that wasn't that. No, I'm, I'm, that was just a joke. Okay, that was a joke. It was right there. You left it. You left it wide
0: open. I can't. I can't I, I, I yeah, I, I I, because I, 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 I can't. I <laughs> Um, so here's the thing. This tweet right here is, we should all have goals, right? We should all have Absolutely. goals. We should all have mm-hmm. expectations. We should all have things, you know, we'd like to accomplish or reach or Absolutely. You know, ascertain, whatever. Right. Um, I mean, there's some people, you know, speaking into existence, put it out there. This, that, or the huh. Um, there's other people who internalize their things, and they just kind of just go uh-huh. about their business in more of a workman-like fashion. Um, I don't know that there's anything wrong with either of those uh there is particular it. methods. There isn't. Um, it. I don't know that this, however, falls into that category because of how can I get there, right? Like, like who are we talking to? Like, you're asking Twitter how you can get to the Hall of Fame. Like, I um. I just. Well, you fly, a, You can there,
1: fly into Columbus. You can fly into Columbus, and then there's a short hop um, on the plane to Akron. And once you get to Akron, it's a short drive.
0: You see, I don't like, I don't <laughs> like small planes. The small planes freak well, me that's,
1: out. Well, that's the only way to get to the Hall of Fame. You got to take a small one at some point. Look like, I drive. Look like
0: I'll be watching on TV. Uh, <laughs> I, this looks like an attention grab to me. I don't know. Like, it. it Obviously, Raheem Mostert. It's becoming clear he loves Raheem Mostert. And look, I like. I'm I'm not mad at him for wanting to get to the Hall of Fame. Like you want to be, you want to be a Hall of Famer. Go ahead. Like go for it. Like he should have those types of goals. He should de- demand excellence and and all that from himself. Like I'm not mad at that at all. I think just well, this, this this setting and and the way it's frayed, like it just seems like an attention grab to me. Right.
1: Um. This is this is what I'm going to say about. I I like I like um radio i like the journey that he's had to go through you know it's kind of like being a small school guy i kind of always relate to the to the um you know the undrafted and the underappreciated and everything because i had to fight through all of that even being a second round traffic i had to fight through all of that um because i was in the secondary with all these big time power five guys so i had to prove myself molstered his, his journey has been with much rougher than mine. He, you know, with all the cuts and all the times and all the disappointment, and I do think it takes a certain strong mentality to be able to deal with that negativity.
0: Absolutely. He's, um, and he's done that. Hard. He's done that. It's
1: hard getting cut. Yeah, it's hard getting cut. It's hard putting all of your effort into playing this game and putting all your focus into doing the things necessary to play this game and then you're told you're not good enough. And when it's a performance based job and you're told you're not good enough, it's even more frustrating when you feel like you weren't given the chance to perform. So I get all that he's dealing with and I respect his hustle and what he's saying. Um, you know, I can't disagree with that being an attention grab because you know, whether he's, whether it's internal, external, it's okay for him to feel that way. Uh, it's just not realistic. That's what I'm going to say. I would love for you, Raheem, you hear this. I would love for you to prove me wrong, but it's just not in my, and I, I don't see it being realistic. A hall of fame career from this point is just, it's just not in the cards. You, you, you've run out of time. Um, you won't be given the opportunity to do those things those, those seven cuts in those years behind you that you didn't get an opportunity. You needed those. You, you, you really did. So you would have to do something superhuman from this point on. You would really, you would truly have to, you you would truly have to have those, those 15, 16, 18, 2000 yard seasons. You know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to have those moving forward. And let's be honest your career has shown that you can't stay healthy yeah so we'll we'll continue to have the flashes we'll continue to say what could have been if you had been given more of an opportunity i i hope that we continue to cheer for you as you're scoring touchdowns and and making big plays for the offense but a hall of fame career is not in the cards so i'm saying it it's on record would love i'm gonna end it with this would love for you to prove me wrong because that means we got some more furniture in the building guaranteed if that happens uh
0: his coach and someone who you've talked about a lot here on this pod uh bobby turner uh was the winner of the pro football writers association lifetime achievement award Uh, that was announced earlier this week um he was the recipient of the Paul Zimmerman Award, the Dr. Z Award, given to uh, an, a lifetime achievement for an assistant coach in the NFL. Uh, he's got over 40 years in the game, does uh, Coach Bobby T, Bobby Turner. Um, and you talk about just the great job he's done with the running backs, um, not only with this team, incredible. but really throughout throughout his career, right? And so, Yep,
1: everywhere um, he goes, very everywhere he much goes there's a good running game. Yes, very much deserved. Um, It's great that he's being acknowledged. Um, You're talking about 40 years of service. I bet he's had over 40 seasons, of thousand yard rushers. This dude is incredible at teaching uh, players how to get the best out of themselves in that system. So um, yeah, definitely well deserved. You know, I'm a big Bobby Turner fan.
0: Uh make sure you continue to download, subscribe, rate and review. Relocate wherever you find your podcast. Hit us up on social media. Get involved in the show. I'm at our haylock on Twitter. He's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on Instagram, I'm at Watch ray, ray. He is at underscore bump and run. Uh from one coach to another, we're very pleased to be joined now by Angelo Jackson. Really a coaching legend in, in LA circles. Oh. Um so many people's lives, so many young men's lives he's touched, uh Marce- including Marcellus Wiley. You know you know Marcellus Wiley obviously right E. D. But um, uh, yeah, I know I know him a little bit. A little bit, a little bit, right? But uh uh he coached Diamondor Lenore um back during his days as a prep and so coach, appreciate you taking the time. Um thanks for uh thanks for joining us here today. No, it's my honor. Um. So, g- give us a little. Uh, I mean, you and you and D'Amador obviously go go way back. Um. You know, during his time in high school, he actually was, you know, a pretty high recruit. Um. Take take us back to then. What what was that like? How did he sort of in- in- internalize? You know, all that success that sort of came his way. Um. You know, early on. You know, um,
2: the very first time I saw Diomedor, he was a freshman, uh, Devon Thomas. He was my assistant coach. He uh, helped uh, facilitate uh, the Elmler coming to Silesia. And he came from the Demos, which is one of the Los Angeles famous Pop Warner programs that's in this city. And and it's always said that kids come from the Demos are normally great football players. And when he was a freshman, he was fantastic. And I wanted to bring him up to varsity, but his dad said, not yet. You know, and I was like, okay, you know, then we waited. He played in the playoff with us and then uh, he got to the championship in 2013. Uh, He was a part of that championship team that I had. And then the next year, he just blossomed. He really started uh, working out super hard. His body developed. I mean, he was benching like 275 as a sophomore. And he had great speed. and But the most important thing that I liked about the Amador, he was a competitor. Our one-on-one sessions was like game Temple, You know, I mean, he would really... I mean, he, he played super hard. I said, he different. He reminded me of Dane, the, the guard for the Portland Trailblazers, with that type of intensity, you know. And so I wasn't surprised uh, that he... Where he is today, it's not shocking. It's just that he just had the tangibles.
0: Uh, Angelo Jackson joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Coach, you said two seventy five. I mean, diamondor is D- not D- a D- big D- guy, right? I mean, benching two seventy five as as a sophomore. um Did you have to, have to have to have to hold him back a little bit in the weight room at all?
2: No, nah, no. Nah, we worked pretty hard, you know. Out of that group of kids, that diamondor D- 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 and that solution that we had, I mean, I think we have six guys that's playing in the NFL right now. So, and they they was super competitive. There was like brothers. Nick Pickett, he's with Detroit Lions. We have uh, to Zeno. He's with the Patriots. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon. He's with the Raiders. They were super competitive, and Diamondor was that guy in the weight room was
1: pushing everyone. Hey, Coach, you know, you just said something right there that you saw early on and you were talking about the Pop Warner program that down the door came from and you, normally good players come through that. I personally believe, and, and you've heard me say this, Rashawn, that if a kid's good in Pop Warner, he's probably going to be good in high school. And if he's good in high school, if he can figure it out and be one of the best, is going to go to college and then the next level. Um, you just talked about the number of pros that have come through your program. What traits do you see in DeAmador that um, think that you think will allow him to be successful at the NFL level?
2: I think what the the most important thing I think is family. You know, and why do I say that? His dad and his mom is involved. In today's society, you don't have that too much. You know, and that's true, Coach. You know, so he has a strong support system behind him. You know, he's still very close to our coaches, you know, and he's very, his mom and dad are involved. And I just think that plays a major role, especially in the black community. You know, when your parents, your dad, you can reach back and be able to talk to him and keep you out of trouble. I mean, he didn't come from Beverly Hills kind of environment. You know, he's from the inner city. And I, I just respect their family so much because they put him in a private school. They could have went to a public school. Uh, he was a three-point-five guy, maybe maybe better than that. But I remember a 3.5, a great student. He graduated early from Oregon, so he had all the you know the factors of, of what you want a kid to have.
0: Angelo Jackson, our guest, coach Diamador lenore niners fifth round pick uh in high school um coach kind of sticking with that um with that theme so to speak um you know as it relates to the amador and, and a lot of guys that you had i mean you talk about coming from the inner city um you know Co- coach thomas who you talked about earlier i mean you know a lot of those guys you know he he was getting from you know the projects um you know just I guess just your part in it and just being able to mold and and develop these young men and in, in just how receptive they were to that, you know, especially as it relates to Diamador.
2: I, I just think, well, my role as the head coach is to be the facilitator, right? Um, but I even take it on a higher level, you know, because my faith in Christ, I, I'm just a servant. And I just believe that uh, if we give the kids the necessary tools to be successful and, and support them, you know, in any way that we can, you know, cause after a while they get it. I mean, DeAndre got it when he was a senior, he was an autopilot. You know, I really didn't have to say too much for him. We lost our quarterback in a game and I said, "Hey, man, can you play quarterback? And he did that. I mean, he had like, uh, almost 14 hundred yards passing and another over a thousand Russian and I mean he was just fantastic uh, he was uh, all American
0: I think he was in the top you know, you know best you did an article on him you know? <laughs> <laughs> I might have covered him a little bit when he was in high school he did a little <laughs> work but uh, I mean
2: you know I mean you saw a, a part of his development also. You shared in that. And so I, I just think that, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. But I think more importantly, the football world, we all in this
0: together. Very, very much so. But-
1: yeah, you know what? Now, Rashawn, I see why you you've been on Jimmy uh, Garoppolo so much. You 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 knew that the was coming up, and he could be the he could be the next quarterback. <laughs> That's what it is. That's why you're trying to move Jimmy Garoppolo out. Uh, I see you, it now.
0: You, you know, you know. Every now and then, your, your boy got an agenda. Every now and then, I got to push the agenda, right? <laughs> 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 no. No doubt. Uh, so I'm sure you're, you're you're a Niners fan now, Coach, right? I mean, you got what? Well, sure you got a bunch of jerseys, right? But I'm sure you got you add the Niners Niners to the collection now, right? Yeah, uh, for, I, I'm a Niners. I I will support cause the
2: Niners because the is there, but I'm a Cowboys
0: fan. I gotta just... Oh, whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, 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 Coach! Oh, oh man! In, uh, yes, interview over. In, in, we got. <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coach, it was good talking to you. <laughs> Coach, Coach just cursed on the pot, E.D. He just cursed Man, on the pot. Uh,
1: no, you, you know what, Coach? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. You know, we all got to pick our teams, and, and yeah. it's okay. I guess you could be wrong and be a Cowboys fan, but I know it's hard for you with all your players around the league, though. You got to root for a lot of different clubs now,
2: huh? Yeah, I do. But you got to remember, when I was raised, I'm from Tucson, so we didn't get to see too much football. It's definitely not the uh, 49ers. I was either – you gonna see the Broncos in Tucson, or you gonna see the Cowboys, and that was it. So I was stuck. <laughs>
1: <You know. laughs> uh, okay, I, I, I guess that's an excuse. Yeah, that, I that's, know. A, that's a valid excuse. You had no choice growing up, and and right. I, I to this day I don't understand how anyone can change their colors once you start loving a football team because it's so emotional. Because uh, you of all people know how emotional football is. You
0: can't right. you can't
1: switch your colors once you once you get involved.
2: No, nah, you can't man. Hey, my grandson loves the seahawks and he be, he be killing me with that i'm like ah. <laughs> yeah. so I got, it. I got it he's a 49er fan now though
0: uh one more thing uh for you just in, in terms of, as it relates to diamador um you know you spoke highly of, of of his high school career um you saw that obviously translate to to the collegiate level um what, what did you see? Like, what strides did you see with him at Oregon um, that, that sort of made you believe that he can end up landing in this spot?
2: Well, I think he made a very good decision. You know, um, he's really, really close to uh, our defensive coordinator at that time, uh, Anthony Atkins, who's the head coach now at Salesians. Um and Keith Hayward, I thought that they have the the, probably the best defensive back coach in the country. And he's tremendous. And once we knew he was there, I mean, it just, you know, I mean that, I think he developed the Elmador tremendously and, and then with his competitiveness and understanding of the game and the knowledge he started as a true freshman, you know, so, I mean, he had four years uh, of learning a pro-type, you know, defense. So it's not surprising that he is uh, doing what he's doing. Do,
0: do you think he's a slot guy or an outside guy? How do you see it? You know, honestly, I, I
2: believe he can play wherever you put him. He's one of those guys. You know, if you play him, you know, as a strong, he's going to come up and bang you. If he plays man-to-man coverages, he's going to be able to guard the number one receiver for the two, you know. So I, I just think that he, his best attribute, and I think that Oregon didn't utilize him, he's a tremendous offensive player, you know. And, I mean, oh, no, he's, if you go back and look at his high school highlights on offense and his kick returns and his punt return, I mean, I mean, you know, because I love him because he was all. He made my job easy because I have to call the offense. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> not, not, nothing like that, that guy that can get some first downs for you that you don't have to yeah, account for in the playbook. Right? I closed, oh yeah, I just closed
2: my diamond right, diamond left. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that that was uh, a a really neat experience to have him uh, as a player.
0: Coach Angelo Jackson, look, Coach, we uh, definitely appreciate the time, and you shared some insight here with us uh, about D'Amador, uh on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Appreciate the time, Coach. Oh, man, I appreciate you guys. All right, ED, uh, obviously special thanks to Angelo Jackson for joining us here on, on this one. Um, first time we've had a high school coach. Haven't had a high school coach uh, on, yeah, on the pod before. Yeah. Um, different insight. Yeah, a little. You go all the way
1: back to when someone was a kid. Yeah,
0: A little bit different. a Little bit different insight. Um, I, I, the the interesting thing about that was it, it to to me, and you know, he kind of talked about it a little bit, kind of sort of what they were what they were building over there, right? And and I mean, he's I mean, there were some guys that De Amador played with, um, uh-huh. but just going in the inner city and, and and sort of giving kids a chance, right? And and you you kind of see some of that. Uh, that culture here And I'm not sure what it's like in other parts of the country But I mean you see some of that culture here um, You know in inner city Los Angeles And uh, yeah. I, I think I, I think that whole that whole aspect of it um, Was neat um,
1: Yeah yeah. I mean it's so many And you know that thing that like, they don't get talked about Around here a lot I'm um, you know most Saturdays and Sundays I'm over in Inglewood on the field With the kids and the coaches Out there just working with them And I don't even really I only jump in When one of the kids or one of the dads, you know, ask me something, I'll show them something. But I let the coaches do their jobs because I don't try to come in like, you know, I play pro ball. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not that you know me. I'm not that dude. I just go in and I watch and have conversations with them and work with the kids on little things as they do their drills. But it's just to see all of, you know, the dads and the coaches um, putting their time into it to get out there to work with these kids and get them focused on something that could push them further and give them an opportunity. Um, we know this game now. There's generational will involved. And um, and if you decide that it's because right now, honestly, pro sports is a career choice. Yeah. Um, and these guys are deciding early on. I wish they would play all every sport, but these guys are choosing it, so they're putting the work in. So it's good to see that. One thing I like, one important thing, that coach Jackson was talking about. That you knew about that I didn't know about was this offensive prowess of the kid. Uh, because when you start talking about a fifth-round draft pick at the cornerback position, that's that's a tough spot to make a team in. That's a very difficult position to be in. You're always gonna bring in corners, but you draft one, he was the second, I believe, of the fifth-round selections. So what else can you do besides play corner? Yeah. You talk about you being a return guy. The Niners haven't settled on a return guy in years. So if you can come in and you can play teams, Coach mentioned how he's a willing tackler. So if you can make tackles on kickoffs and punch, but then you can also return the ball, you can also run back kickoffs, it gives you... That much more leverage in making a squad because they know that you can you can do those things little known fact i mean that's i was always a punt returner. i was always back up I, I I when I, with, with the 49ers john taylor ran all the punts but i was always the guy out there even when they brought in dexter carter i was always the guy out there because i i had it on film that i could run back punts yeah um i could run back kickoffs i had done all of those things i played offense my entire career growing up, like in high school, how the coaches are talking about. So the more things you can do, the more places they can use you on the roster, the less holes a coach has to fill. Because he can pencil your name in. Even if it's the backup, I can pencil your name in. If this guy goes down, I don't have to stress about who can do it. So that right there is something we got to keep our eye on. Because um, Delmador having that ability to do that, if he flashes, that's going to take him up the ranks.
0: Yeah, I always felt like maybe the the more athletic guys in in high school once they got to the next level at, in college they move they, they move them <laughs> either the running back or, or or corner right like so all, it, it, so it was yeah, one or two it was one or two positions um um
1: so can i say this all of you on wide receivers out there did you hear what Rashawn just said he just said it. i didn't he just said you guys are not better athletes every <laughs> you're not better athletes okay right the DBs are the better athletes and it's not well they're just wide receivers who can't catch. No, DBs can catch.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> DBs can catch. You're, just, you're, not, you're not working on catching balls every day. Catching is a learned skill. You don't work on catching balls as often as wide receivers. And, and so he, it's not a question of hands.
0: Even now, like, we live in this dual-threat quarterback society, right? But, like, prior to that, you know, if you're a dual-threat quarterback – you know, and, and colleges didn't really have faith in you. I mean, they they put you at running back or they put you at corner. You, I mean, you hear all these stories about oh, so and so was a quarterback in high school or this, that, or the other. Um, and so I, I I find that that very interesting. The, the other thing is, um, there's this thought, right, that that with DeAmador they drafted Kwan's replacement. Um, in the slot, right? Uh-huh, if uh-huh. if essentially one day you know they're they're going to have to part ways with him in, in a year or two, whenever uh-huh. that whenever that may be. So there is that thought. There's yes. there there there's that notion uh, as well. And um, look, and there's
1: nothing wrong with that. You have to draft the guy's replacement. Not only do you have to draft the guy's replacement, you have to expect that guy who he's going to replace to teach him how to take his job. Yeah, that's the only way to have a good team. I know that may sound crazy to people listening. But you will never sustain winning if you don't have veterans that are willing to teach their backups how to take their job. Because at some point, if the makes the squad, he's gonna have to hit the field. Yeah, and and when it be it be it for a pulled hamstring, be it that you decide that this matchup is gonna be better, um, be it that you do um, part ways with Quan at some point. He's gonna to have to get on the field, and it's incumbent on that on that that current player, the incumbent, to teach him. You gotta teach him. Yeah. And if and if you you can't be you can't be good if you don't have a locker room built like that. That's why we see certain teams with a lot of talent that don't get it done.
0: Yeah, and you've mentioned this, you know, multiple times here on the pod, just in terms of how how it was for you you know as the recipient and then how it was for you you know kind of giving off you know those those um the the give, giving off that, that that advice or grooming you know the guy that that was to come after you and so um you know that that part of just being a part of the fabric of the organization um so we'll see I mean obviously he you know he flashed in rookie camp or whatever it was and, and so we'll see uh-huh. what, what training camp looks like as well but I mean, if if anybody turned on an Oregon football game over the last couple of years, I mean, you saw DeAmador, you saw Thomas Graham, who yeah. uh, another guy who I thought was you know a little bit underrated coming into this this draft. I mean, you you saw those guys just well, you know, you lock you. guys down, right? I mean, that well, Oregon you also, secondary you was phenomenal. Saw,
1: you also saw why um, SC. Hasn't been good in a while too, because Oregon was coming to yeah. South Central and getting <laughs> right. all the
0: players. So let, That's why? Okay, so let let, let let me let me just share with you a story, right? So you saw that, right? So that was that was basically a homecoming for a bunch of those guys. Um, it was this last season, right? They 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 came to L. A. They played the Pac-12 championship in the Coliseum, right? Now, if you remember the year before that, right? This was Justin Herbert's senior year. They came to LA and won the Rose Bowl, right? And, and the LA uh, Times did uh-huh. a big article about how it essentially was like a homecoming. Like I don't know what the percentage of of the starters were, but um, Mario Cristobal, the head coach up there, like he came to LA and just absolutely cleaned house. He, yeah, right? like he swept the city. He swept he the city, swept and, the and
1: city you, right? And if you sweep LA you will immediately have a good football team. And, and like you say, so you grab these kids, and they're starting as freshmen.
0: Yeah, and yeah. And, and, and the Diamandre Lenore, obviously one of those guys. Uh, Thomas Graham, who at one time was a USC commit. He ends up at Oregon and just doing damage. Um, Here's a name for you, Kayvon Thibodeau. A lot of people think he's going to be a top five guy in this upcoming draft. Um, He's from right here. He he, he started in the inner city at, at Dorsey High School, but ended up finishing at a private school. Um so I mean it's I mean, they came in here and absolutely cleaned house, did Oregon, and that that helped them, you know, win a Rose Bowl and and win a pack uh Pac-12 championship. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's that's a real thing, uh, <laughs> in the recruiting world. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, a- absolutely. Um, special thanks to Angelo Jackson for joining us here on uh this week's pod. Uh, appreciate his insight, giving us a little bit to a uh, a uh, uh, diamador. So, hope you all enjoyed that a little bit a little bit of a change. Remember we talked to the college coaches but uh you know first time we're able to get a high school coach on here um and also very special thanks to you out there for listening remember you can always continue to uh, be involved with the show hit us up on social media i'm at r R haylock on twitter he's at underscore eric davis underscore and on instagram i'm at watch ray ray he's at underscore bump in Run and also, uh, we want to remind you to continue to download, subscribe, rate, and review. We're located wherever you find your podcast. If there's a like button on your particular subscription service, go ahead and hit that like button. So, from my partner, Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We will see y'all next week. Be-